Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning into the Nun Report. This is Monday, and wowie, what a weekend. There's there's so much to talk about, man. I could there a lot happened between Friday and today. And also I took a few days off last week. So I I played some reruns. Sorry about that, but I had to take some personal time and do some things with my band which was a lot of fun, and I got to release a lot of energy and and just kind of get away from politics for a while and just go into my music and go do stuff that unites people because music really does unite. It's one of the few things around that can unite people of all different walks of life, all different races, all different creeds, all different politic, political beliefs can unite oftentimes at a concert, even if it's just for an hour or two. And it's, it's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing for me to see that happen. Anyway, so we're back at it though. It's Monday morning and we have a, I don't normally n- decide what I'm going to call the episode that I make s- until after it's done. And then I kind of see what happened throughout the episode and then I come up with a name. But this time I've got a name and a theme beforehand and it is Chaos by Design. And I'm going to try to describe that a little bit before we go on. We're going to talk about, of course, the the multi-pronged attack that's going on, which is the Ukraine war and an open southern border and the economy in crisis, all currently instigated and propagated by the Biden regime. But that's not where it started. You see, this is a, a, a design by the political elite to bring this country to a point of chaos where we will accept authoritarianism just to bring stability. I think that it's all on purpose. It started back in the Clinton years and people weren't quite ready. When you saw Hillary Clinton pushing, you know, the, the Hillary care or whatever they called it back then. I remember protesting against that in Seattle at Westlake mall. In fact, with uh, local hosts up here, Kirby Wilbur with the local uh, 570 KVI conservative station was one of the first protests I participated in. And they found that the American people were not quite ready for universal health care. We weren't quite ready for, well, we were kind of ready for the president getting his cigar smoked under the, under the desk of the Oval Office, but not quite. I mean, he did get impeached for lying about it, but it wasn't the fact that he actually did it. It was the fact that he lied about it. Anyway, they, they found that they weren't quite ready. The Bushes brought it along with war after war after war. And then, we had Obama. Obama is a president who came into the office who had so much potential. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. As, as the first black president of the United States, I did not vote for him, first of all. Don't, don't get me wrong. I did not vote for him. And But as a conservative, when he did get in, I thought, well, wow, here's, here's, a, here's the first black president of the United States. He has so much good he can do. And I was hopeful. I I was cautiously hopeful and that quickly diminished. And he became a president that could have done so much good, but instead he set, he he decided to divide and conquer the nation. And he set race relations back 50 years among other things. And that's where it really, that's where the chaos by design, that's where the the direction of, of, of steering the United States of America toward a dictatorship really began. And, and I'm going to talk about that today because I, I think it's important to understand that 
I've come to the conclusion that what's happening right now is not by accident. Donald Trump threw a huge wrench into their system. You see, it was supposed to be Hillary Clinton. They thought she was the shoe in. They thought that she was going to continue the march toward, toward totalitarianism in this country. And Donald Trump stepped in. He came down that escalator and he said, no, not today. Today, we make America great again. They did not expect that. And then they had to cheat in 2020 through suppression before the votes were even cast of the Hunter Biden laptop and other things. And then, of course, there are shenanigans after the fact. We don't know what toll that took, but we do know that had people known about the Hunter Biden laptop in advance, that it would have changed the outcome of the election. There was no Russian misinformation. There was no bad phone call. But he threw a wrench into this system. But I've regressed. Let's go back to talking about chaos by design. You see, when I look at this, and we're, we're going to dive into the show. Don't worry. We're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to talk about the border. We're going to talk about the economy and the, the, the pathetic attempt by the Biden regime to tell you that the economy is great and Bidenomics is working wonderfully and the border is secure. We're going to talk about all that. But first, I want to I really emphasize that what you have right now is this is by design, crashing the economy, opening the borders, sending all of our money overseas, high energy prices. This is all designed to sow chaos within the population. You see, you have, a, you have politicians with a thirst for power that only a dictatorship can, can quench, okay? And you, then you combine that with a media that sells fear and hate for ad dollars. You put that all together, basically a state-controlled media, and you have chaos by design. They intentionally sow chaos across all fronts, whether it's economical, racial, po you know, political, war overseas. They, they, they sow chaos everywhere and divide us every which way they can, where there's, yes, sexual, of course, the transgenderism and all that bullshit, to where the people become tired of the responsibility of democracy and what that demands. You see, it takes effort by the citizens to maintain freedom and to maintain democracy. If the citizenry becomes complacent, if the citizenry becomes dependent, then we no longer have freedom. You see, the political elite and the people that are pulling their strings, the goal, and that's what's happening right now. We are living in a very historical time in this country. Perhaps the most historical time since the founding of this country. The goal is to destabilize the United States of America to the point where the citizenry voluntarily and willfully will surrender their freedom and liberties just to have the stability they desire. Because you see, if you, if you sow chaos to the point where you've destabilized the culture of a country, the economy of a country, the identity of a country, and you get enough people that are just so tired of it and so damn lazy to uphold a democracy, they'd rather just be told what to do. Because at least that way, there's stability. And I think this is an evil axis. I believe that the Biden regime is evil. I believe evil and demonic activity is a muck in America like no time 
ever in history, including, including the Salem witch hunt, witch hunt and burnings and such. It's not good. It's not good, people. We are in a battle for the soul of America and in the process, the soul of many Americans. And so what's it going to be? Are we going to have the strength? Are we going to have the, 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 the efficacy to uphold the responsibility of a free society? Or are we just going to become lazy and complacent and beg, beg the leaders to provide stability, even if that stability comes in the form of a dictatorship? Anyway, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to jump right into it here. And here's what's going on down at the border. Check this out. Authorities announcing there were more than 232,000 migrant encounters at the southern border in August, the highest monthly total this year. The president says his policies are working. We put in place policies that process people in a fair and fast way. But our poll shows only 23% approve of his handling of the situation, another career law. And I'm going to point something out here in just a minute, but let's go through a couple of more clips first. 232,000 people in a month. That's over, that's like 2.5 million people a year. Coming into our country, not assimilating into the culture, not becoming Americans. They don't come here to become Americans. They create their own little pocket communities. I've talked about this. Ad nauseum, I mean, we don't need to we don't need to rehash everything I talked about. But I do want to remind you, because it's worth reminding ourselves regularly what's going on. This was also just in. Check it out. We're getting breaking news from the border. Customs and Border Patrol sources telling Fox News they've recorded eleven thousand encounters in the past twenty-four hours. They say it's the single highest day in recent memory in that town of Eagle Pass in Texas. Alone, Eagle Pass saw more than 4,000 this weekend. A lot of these are live images now uh, that we've been watching throughout the morning. And screen left is from Sunday, but we saw something very similar just two hours ago. Mm. So it's not ebbing, in case you're wondering, on that part. This is not immigration or migration. This is invasion. This is invasion. The same thing is happening in Europe. You know, you have over half a million Africans getting ready to invade Europe right now. And then you have all the Venezuelans and, and Haitians and people from over 100 countries across the globe coming into America across an open border. This doesn't just happen by accident. Now we're going to prove it to you. Texas has tried to secure their border and by declaring that they are being invaded. Governor Abbott has declared their constitutional rights as a state, and by the way, a state that has the right to, to, to remove themselves from the United States. It's part of their constitution. It's part of the deal they made. But they're trying to secure their border. They've mobilized the National Guard to go down and put razor wire up and everything like that. The Biden administration sued them. They removed the razor wire. Texas said, we're going to put the razor wire back. And then this happened, and this broke just this broke just uh, 
30 minutes before I was getting ready to, to record my show. This is an Eagle Pass. And the Biden regime ordered their border patrol people to go in and cut the razor wire and allow these illegal aliens, illegal aliens, not immigrants, not migrants, illegal aliens to illegally enter the country. And as Biden says, be processed as quickly as possible. In Eagle Pass, Texas, we're just moments ago Customs and Border Protection cut a hole through the concertina wire that has been stretched by Texas DPS along the border there to allow migrants to come through. It was initially a group of about 60 to 70 people. It swelled to some 300 very, very quickly. Uh, some women and children who were sort of in the middle of the river were picked up um, by, I guess it would be Texas DPS, because they're running the airboats there up and down the river and uh, taken out of the water and into safer ground there. But as you can see, as we have watched for the last couple of weeks, the illegal migration across the river into the United States continues uh, with this uh, border crossing in Eagle Pass, seeing thousands of people. And then over the weekend, we set what we believe is a new record of 11,000 people crossing into the United States in a single day. We'll keep an eye on this for you. 11,000 people in a single day. That's over 300,000, about 350,000 people a month at that rate. And the more that people around the world see this, the more they see that this is being allowed, then the more people are going to come. And again, this is by design. This is to dilute the population of the United States, to bring it to its knees to the point where, and this is just one prong of the attack, to the point where people will beg for stability. Please, 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 oh, master. Stabilize this country. Here you can see, these are the, by, by, uh, by year, the number of people that have crossed. In 2020, you, that's on the bottom line. You can see that. That was in 2020, the last year that Trump was in office. And then you have Biden. In 2021 is the blue line. 2022 is the gold line. And 2023 year to date is the dark blue line. And they'll blame it on Trump. They will sit there and say that the reason immigration is, the reason the border crossings are so bad right now is because Trump. How can you possibly say that? This is a president that said the buck stops here. And then you have you have you have the bartender uh, AOC who should who would be better off working for tips. Look at those eyes, man. She's freaking crazy. Okay, this woman needs to be back behind a bar doing what she does best, and that's flirting with customers and, and getting getting tips rather than trying to make foreign policy. Listen to her try to sound like a like an immigration and foreign uh, policy expert. Check this out. In this specific instance, uh, U.S. sanctions that were originally authored by Marco Rubio began and precipitated, certainly took a large part in the driving of populations to our southern border. Shortly after those sanctions, those broad-based sanctions. You're talking about Venezuela. Yes. Shortly after those broad-based sanctions were enacted, we started seeing uh, dramatic increases in these populations that were coming to our southern border. And so we have to address the root of these population movements and the migration crisis. And we also have to address the 
domestic U.S. policy issues when it comes to immigration reform. But you know the Maduro government has also been responsible for large Absolutely. parts of that. Are you saying that you want to you want the Biden administration to pull back pressure on him? I think we need to re-examine the nature of these things. So we need to let dictators, total, complete, ruthless dictators that destroyed an economy, that were imprisoning and killing people that did, they did not agree with, that overthrew a government that, that did an actual coup, <laughs> that actually overthrew a government, unlike J6. We're supposed to now just say, oh, that's okay. You know, hey, you guys do whatever we want. We love you. We're going to buy all of our oil from you. And you just, you know, go ahead. <laughs> Stupid. She has no idea what she's talking about, man. She has got shit for brains. Period. And uh, and I'm sorry that if some of you don't like my vulgar uh, analogies sometimes or my colorful language. Actually, I'm not sorry. You know, if you don't like that, this is probably not the show for you. Because that's me. And that's how I express things. That's how I say things. That's how I get things across. AOC is shit for brains. And I don't know how you could come to any other conclusion than that. And uh, I talked to you about how how they have there's reportedly now half a million people in northern Africa getting ready to try to to flood across into into Europe. Because they have the same thing going on over there. And again, it's, it's, it is a design by the globalists to sow chaos in Western countries to the point where the citizenry will willingly give up their rights and their freedoms just for stability. Check this out. And they're coming in by the tens and hundreds of thousands. Coming in by trucks, by trains, by boats. Because we allow it to happen. We invite them. And by, by doing nothing, it's an open invitation to these people. And you have NGOs and cartels telling them that, yeah, hey, look, you can go to the United States. It's very easy. All you have to do is go down here, jump on this train, pay this fee, and the cartels will escort you across the country and get you into the United States safely. And once you're in, you're in. You can do it whatever you want. Here's what we need to do. And I've said this before, but there is no, there is no, time for fun and games is over. Okay, over, done. Close the border, seal it via our military. Mobilize mass military. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a, a military strategist. Whatever it takes, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand troops. I don't care. But the military has the means and method to make it happen within days. They could have the border completely sealed and closed by this time next week. That needs to happen. Number one. Number two. You've got 30 days. If you're here illegally, you've got 30 days to get out. 
you and your families. If you're not out in 30 days, we're going to come and get you and deport you. Mass deportations out of this country for every single person here that is here illegally, that is not contributing. They and their families out. Okay? That's number two. Number three, we have got to take care of eliminating the cartels. If, oh, oh, and by the way, a total moratorium, total pause on all, all, all immigration from everywhere until this shit gets sorted out. Okay? If the Mexican government will not either, one, take care of the cartel problem, or two, joint venture with us to take care of it, then we need to take care of it ourselves. We need to conduct paramilitary operations into Mexico to destroy the pipeline, the distribution, the manufacturing, and go after the leadership, including the head of the cartels, and either take arrest them if you can and bring them to justice, and if you can't arrest them and they get taken out in the process, so be it. Because you see, that's what they understand. I guarantee you, if you sealed the border like that, if you started deporting people in mass, if you went after the cartels in an aggressive and authoritative fashion to stop it, people would stop trying to come here. They would realize, oh, America is done putting up with the bullshit. America is done bringing us in. And they would stop coming. And it wouldn't take long. You could seal up the border within a week, deport, start deporting people within a month, take out the cartels within a three to six month period. And I'm telling you, people would stop coming. That's all it takes. And uh, all it takes is someone with balls, the balls to do it. President Trump went shopping today. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, let's bring this over here. Not quite what I was trying to do. Excuse me for a moment. There we go. How about that? So President Trump went into a gun store today in South Carolina, and he bought himself a Glock. Check it out. I want to buy one, he says. Can, can I get a, one more picture with the president? Go ahead. Yeah. That's right here. I just want one. Go ahead. Okay. One, two, three. Hey, let me hear you. Y'all look so good. Watch this. And the left is freaking out. They're like, oh, he's indicted on federal charges. He's breaking the law by buying a firearm. And you know who's who you know who it's not it's not just the left. You know who is mostly freaking out about it? Are all the influencers that are paid, paid, that's right, paid, financially paid by the DeSantis campaign. The DeSantis influencers have totally fucked his campaign. This, they, it backfired so bad and so horribly. He's running like fifth now in a lot of polls behind Ramaswamy and, 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 and several other candidates. It's hilarious. DeSantis is done. DeSantis is a stone that is sinking to the bottom of the sea. His, his contributors are bailing like mice off of a sinking ship. And 
it's funny to watch. And it's of their own design. It's their own fault. It's their own fault. They uh, they thought they'd be cutesy. And, and man, these influencers, these people on social media that they're paying to be dicks, it, it, it's it's something else. You've seen it. I mean, come on. If, if you spend any time at all on Twitter, you've seen it. And they are, uh, it, it's laughable, man. It, it, it's it's friggin' hilarious. All right, moving on to the next topic. We're going to talk about Ukraine a little bit because Ukraine, you know, Zelensky just finished his trip over here. He came to the United States and begged Congress for money. Of course, we gave him another 300 and something, $340 million or something like that, whatever it is. Biden has said that the Pentagon can unilaterally unilaterally decide even if a budget does not, there's not an extension at the end of September, they can continue to give Ukraine money. They're exempt from it. Congress doesn't have any control of the purse strings. We're just going to do whatever the hell we want. He went up to Canada afterwards and they gave him lots of standing ovations. Oh God, there's a Nazi in the audience that they honored. Mm-hmm. Something else, right? This blank check to Ukraine needs to stop. Half a million people have died. Women and children are getting raped, tortured, and slaughtered every single day. And no one is talking about peace. They're just talking about more war, more money. We'd spent 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq for what? So the Taliban can have control of Afghanistan again, and Iran basically runs Iraq. And now we're going to start another endless war to line the pockets of the elite and finance the military-industrial complex. Enough is enough. The reason they want to keep Ukraine going is because that's that's the elitist playground. That's where they launder all their money. That's where they do all their illicit activities. That's where they can get on the board of Burisma and make millions of dollars, even though they do absolutely fucking nothing. And at the cost of what? At the cost of the blood of a country. But they don't care. They are evil evil people sowing chaos and destruction throughout the globe for their own benefit and nobody else's. They try to tell you, oh, if we don't stop Russia and Ukraine, they'll never stop. They'll keep going. Look, they're not going to invade. Russia will not invade a NATO nation. That is leftist propaganda. It's complete bullshit. They don't have a military. Look, Russia has been proven, if we've seen anything over the last year, it is that Russia has a third-rate conventional military. Right? They're no match for the West. They are not going to go into a NATO country. They would be decimated in days. Either that or they'd be starting a new nuclear conflict. I don't think they want that either, even though they're basically a mafia with nuclear weapons in Russia. They understand that if they start a nuclear war, their lives of luxury are over. Their, their life of luxury and screwing underage prostitutes or sex slaves that's over so they don't want that right they've got a third-rate military we aren't defending democracy in ukraine ukraine is anything but a democracy they are corrupt ruthless laundromat for the west's elite are they as bad as russia no but they're not far behind they've suspended elections they've raided and closed churches Silence and imprison political opposition and taking control of the press. If that is not a repressive, corrupt, communistic regime, I don't know what is. 
And we're giving them U.S. treasure on a bottomless basis, on an endless basis for as long as it takes. What, what exactly is the U.S. national security interest that we're defending in Ukraine? In, in fact, the reality is the U.S. betrayed our word on leaving Ukraine neutral as a buffer between Russia and NATO. Instead, we made closer ties with Ukraine and began to entertain making them a NATO member. What the hell did you think Russia was going to do? This war needs to stop. It needs to stop now. We need to start talking about peace. And, you know, again, 500,000 dead. Uh, I think that's a conservative estimate. That's based on the numbers that that Ukraine and Russia are reporting. You think maybe they're underreporting a little bit? I do. I don't trust them. Women and children being raped, tortured, slaughtered daily. And that's not all by Russians. Okay? Keep that in mind. War crimes are being committed daily again. Not all by the Russians. This is the cost of the political elite using Ukraine as a massive laundromat and to feed the military-industrial complex. Keep in mind, some of the eastern providence of Ukraine want to be Russian anyway. Let them. Let them be fucking Russia. If that stops the war, if that ends the killing, if that stops the rape and the murders and the slaughter of innocent people, many women and children, let it. Oh, but Dan, then you've traded, you've let the Russians get their way. You know, you've traded land for, you know, you've, you've rewarded the aggressor. You know what? I don't care. What I care about is stopping a useless war that is costing hundreds of thousands of lives and depleting money in the U.S. that can be used for better things, you know, because the United States, man, the bottom line is we're bankrupt. The last thing we need is to fund yet another endless war with our treasure when we have people in need right here at home, including veterans, and an invasion on our own southern border. No one is talking peace. Just more war for as long as it takes. I'm not okay with that, nor should any American be. Just look at recent history. I brought it up earlier. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq for what? The Taliban is back in control of Afghanistan and Iran controls Iraq. This isn't about democracy. This isn't about defending a border or stopping Russian aggression. It is what it's always about, money. And the cost of that is the blood of a nation. And it's sad to think that, you know, We're so close to committing American troops. I mean, what do you think's next? Don't you think that's next? But as long as they can keep, continue to sow chaos so that eventually we will accept the dictatorship that they want, <laughs> it's all good, right? 
It's all good. Where's our money going in Ukraine? Well, check this out. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the U.S. government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the U.S. also funds the divers, who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers to make them safe again for swimming and fishing. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that to keep it afloat, the U.S. government is subsidizing small businesses. Of course we are. Look. And then they try to make it, they're, they're, they're cushioning the story, they're couching the story in, well, you know, look, we're paying for their seed and their fertilizer and, and 57,000 first responders. And then they say, including this cute little puppy dog who searches for bombs and these people who comb the rivers looking for mines and unexploded munitions. <laughs> God, 60 minutes, man, you're, you're, you're pathetic. And so think about that. Our tax dollars are going not only toward military support and you know giving them all of our old shit and then building new stuff for ourselves with a taxpayer dollar we're also paying for all of their first responders their salaries their pensions everything else 57,000 of them their seed their their uh, uh fertilizer we're also paying for all of their political uh you know, Congress or, or whatever, paying all of their salaries, all their pensions. Think about this. The, the, the population of Ukraine is about 36 million right now. It was 44 million before the war, and then a lot of people split, right? Why wouldn't they? 36 million. 60 Minutes says that we're supporting about one-third of the Ukraine economy on top of the entire war effort. At the same time, we're bringing in millions of people from the southern border and supporting them as well, also with U.S. tax dollars. So it seems like there's a lot of people getting U.S. tax dollars except for fucking United States citizens. And that's wrong. When we have so many issues going on here, when we have so much going on here in the United States, people in need, veterans that aren't getting the care they need at VA hospitals, people who don't have safe drinking water, still in Flint, Michigan, people in East Palestine that Biden doesn't even have the time to fucking visit. But we have lots of money, hundreds of billions of dollars, in fact, to support a proxy war in Ukraine to the benefit of all the political elite here in the United States. But again, it's by design. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Zelensky went up to visit Canada after he left here. He got 12 standing ovations. <laughs> Zelensky's speech received at least a dozen standing ovations. At least a dozen. Oh. There was also one for this man, 
a 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians during the Second World War. He fought for the SS. He was a Nazi. And they found this out after the fact. Do you not think that they would vet somebody enough to find out that, oh, this guy was a Nazi. We might not want to celebrate him <laughs> when Zelensky comes through in front of our entire Congress. See, thank you, McCarthy, for not allowing a joint session of Congress. At least you did one thing right in your pathetic chair as, as the head of the House, the Speaker of the House. Because you are pathetic. I just want to make sure that everyone's clear on my position on that. This is, uh, so when Zelensky was in the U.S., though, apparently one of the security guards decided to go out drinking one night. Now, people with uh, U.N. security passes are not supposed to go out to bars. This guy decided to. And he demanded that all patrons at the bar said, say glory to Ukraine. And if they didn't, then he would fight them. <laughs> he required bar visitors to shout, glory to Ukraine. And New Yorkers told him, fuck you. <laughs> and he said, let's fight. He was arrested. Anyway, of course, he had diplomatic community, so he got out right away, I'm sure. But, uh, ay, 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 you silly Ukrainians. Let's move on to, let's move on to the economy because that's also the third prong of the attack. So we've talked about the invasion at the southern border. We've talked about the endless war in Ukraine. And of course, there, there's the there's the Second Amendment war, there's the race war, there's all these. I mean, this is a multi-pronged attack against the freedom of America. And again, is intentional. I believe that the crashing of the economy is intentional. Obviously, allowing the invasion of the southern border is intentional. And it's done by design to sow chaos to the point where most U.S. citizens will break and demand stability, even if that means living under a dictatorship. Anyway, Pete Buckeye had this to say. What do you say to the 44% of Americans who say they are worse off now than they were before Biden took office. Well, look, uh, we all know the economic pressure that Americans have felt uh, when the president took office, the economy was flat on its back. But we're also getting extraordinary results, more than 13 million jobs created. That's more than any presidential term in American history. We're going to yes, talk about that. It takes a while for people to feel the full benefits of those results, just like it's going to take a while to build all of the infrastructure that we're now underway on with the president's generational infrastructure. Bill, but he got the bill done after president after president, Congress after Congress. I bet it takes a while to feel it all, doesn't it? But guy, yeah, <laughs> thirteen million jobs. Give me a fucking break. This was thirteen million jobs. Uh, excuse me, letting nine million people go back to work after they were locked out after a pandemic. That's not that's not job creation. <laughs> That's not job creation. Letting people go back to work is not job creation. Call me silly. But I just don't see that 
as job creation. Apparently, Pete Butt Guy does. Um, but this is the reality of it. Check it out. I mean, poll after poll after poll. And this goes back to a show I did last week. This is the soft purge of Biden. When you start seeing legacy media talking badly about the economy, talking badly about, excuse me, I said Obama a minute ago, didn't I? <laughs> Freudian slip. When you start seeing the, the, the legacy media talk badly about Biden and his administration, talk badly about his policies, talk badly about his approval rating in the economy and everything else, then you know the fix is in. Then you know that the people pulling the strings, because Biden is certainly not running this country. There is somebody above him. Maybe it is Obama. But I think there's somebody above that as well. At any rate, when, when they start turning on him, you know the fix is in. You know that the soft purge has begun. You know that they're trying to get rid of Biden slowly. Biden doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't even know this is happening because they don't allow him to watch the news. But this is all by design. Again, there is evil at play. Let's check out a few clips that have come through. Check it Americans out. overwhelmingly say they are not feeling good about the economy and Weird. that the president is to blame. Just 30% approve of his performance on the economy, a career low, largely dragged down by pocketbook issues for families, like food prices that have risen 4.3% since last year. Our more, poll I guess showing say about that. more than 9 in 10 Americans rating them negatively. Voters across the country telling ABC News they are frustrated. Costs a lot more to buy a loaf of bread these days. We're all trying to survive. We can't even work two jobs at this point and try to make it. I don't think that anybody is really paying attention to the working. A 95, no, she, she mentioned bread. She's a, a, a 95 to a dollar 10 loaf of bread costs five bucks now. A loaf of freaking bread. And that's all across the country, not just in certain regions. Eggs. Used to be 69 cents for a dozen. Now we're paying two bucks and happy that it's only that instead of five like it was a while ago. Then we have gas Nearly prices. as many upset about gas and energy prices after a brutally hot summer. The national average for a gallon of unleaded gasoline this week hitting $3.88 per gallon, according to AAA, the highest level in nearly a year. We just drove through California yesterday. Gas was six thirty nine a gallon. Yep. That's, that's ridiculous, in my opinion. People can't afford rent. Same in Washington State, gas is over $6 a gallon because we have completely crazy taxes up here. But you know what else high energy costs do? Now check this out. I saw people are such idiots, man. I, I'm swear, I swear to God. They, they will say, but I, but I don't think actually these are coming from smart people. But they are useful idiots in, in that they will repeat the lie and say, well, the president doesn't control gas prices. Come on, man. No, but he does control U.S. energy policy. And U.S. energy policy from the day he came into office declaring war on the fossil fuel industry affected the global oil market and drove prices up. As oil prices rose, of course, gas prices rose as well. And then you add inflation onto that, you add which, which includes the labor for shipping, for, for, for processing, for all of it. And it, it exasperated the problem. It, 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 it made it... In, insurmountable. I mean, you look at 
what has happened through a direct result of the Biden regime's energy policies when they came into office and their war on fossil fuels. And the funny thing, the, I don't know, it's not funny, haha, obviously, is that you know who these high oil prices benefit? Russia. You see, Russia, one of the few things that they have other than nuclear weapons that are worth a shit are their, their, their energy resources. And these, while we're paying billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight a war against Russia, we have put in policies that have created high global energy prices that Russia benefits from and makes a lot of money. In essence, the United States and the Biden regime have policies that are benefiting both sides of this war. We're financing Ukraine directly and we're indirectly financing Russia with higher energy costs. I think it's on purpose. I think that we're trying to create a long protracted conflict so that the elite and the military industrial complex can benefit at our expense and worse at the expense of the Ukrainian people. That's my theory. Few more clips on the economy. Check it out. This, as our new poll shows, the president's approval among black voters is down 17 points oh, the since the first year of his presidency. Mr. Biden is also down by double digits among Latinos, voters without a college degree, and independents. And as we mentioned, 59% of Democratic primary voters tell us they want to see a challenger to President Biden. They're freaking out. They see these poll numbers, and that's why you see. ABC and MSNBC starting to come out with what amounts to hit pieces on Biden. There's also this. Meet the press. An enthusiasm gap between on the NBC. two parties. We ask folks on a scale of one to ten, how enthusiastic are you about the presidential election? And you can see Republicans and Democrat, there is a gap right there. Where's the lag for Democrats? We found a couple places. Non-white voters, you can see significantly less enthusiastic than white voters. And then how about this age gap? The youngest group of voters who Democrats have been trying to get excited and motivated, a 50 point, nearly 50 point gap there so really an uphill battle to try to make sure voters don't stay so understand the democrats have lost double digit support amongst blacks latinos and people under 25 they're shitting their pants right now and they know that joe biden is shitting his which is why they can't have him as president these numbers are simply staggering for the sitting president. 44% of people in this poll say they are not as well off as they were at the start of the Biden administration two and a half years ago. Those are the worst numbers that we've seen in our ABC News, Washington Post polling. It's a question we've been asking going back to the Reagan administration. Yeah, are you better off or not? It's a good question. And I would think that most households, if they were honest, would answer it 
Well, no, I'm not better off than I was for you when, two when and a half years ago. When you dive into the big questions around the economy, we know President Biden has been out there trying to make the case. Unemployment is low. Uh, he's been talking about how inflation has been easing, but people aren't buying it. You covered some of the reasons why. Gas prices, uh, food prices, grocery prices and the like. Right now, on the big picture on the economy, 74% of the country, that's about three quarters of Americans, who say the economy is either not so good or downright poor. 75% of the people. See, it's the economy, stupid. And they're going to go out there. I can't even believe they're doing it, but they're running on Bidenomics. They're trying to use the economy. <laughs> they're trying to, you know, come on, man. Not a joke. At least run on something you can you can claim, you know, like gun control. Or, by the way, speaking of gun control, I'm glad that they've created the Office of Gun violence or whatever. It's a White House office. David Hogg likes to brag about it. You know, Hogg the grifter who was never at Master D, even though he said he was, and he's built an entire, basically, career out of it. Well, he's, he's, uh, he likes to whine, I spent years trying to get the White House to do a, a national office of gun violence. Well, they have that now. I'm glad you spent years doing that because as soon as we vote the commies out, it will be gone in hours. I love that. When they create, it's not an official office. It's not an official agency. It's just, oh, it's a White House office or blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. As soon as the new administration comes in, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Just like that, bam, gone. <sighs> but I've regressed. So check this out. Presidential inflation rate. This is uh, the sources, Bureau of Labor Statistics data. The calculations were done by the Winston Group. And you can see that Biden overall is at 15%. The highest since Carter. Hmm. I've drawn a lot of correlation over the years, between over the last few years, between Carter and Biden, including uh, before Biden was elected. Food prices are up 18.3%. This is since he took office. Energy is up 37.2% with Biden. Rent is up 13.5%. The last time prices were this high for food overall was with Carter. With food was with Carter. With energy, the last time they were this high was Obama. Or, you know, the, the second, I guess the second. They've never been this high. This is as high as it gets. And rent, the last time they were this high was Carter. So basically everything, everything that Biden is doing is as worse or worser than, is that even a thing? Worser than, worser than, than Carter. <laughs> God, this is pathetic and interest rates are going to go up. I am feeling this. And, and I know a lot of you are too, because we have homes. A lot of our, a lot of our uh, wealth and worth is, is tied up in property and, uh, you know, for common people like me, middle-class Americans, and with interest rates going up, people can't afford as much of a home. That makes it, for those that are getting close to retirement, like myself, part of my retirement is being able to sell my property to liquidate and move on. I'm not going to be able, I can't really do that right now because people can't afford my property like they used to be able to just a, just a few short years ago. And... It's not just that. What's happening to people's 401k? Hmm? The market's crashing. There are some who have lost 20, 30% in conservative investments, in retirement accounts, in IRAs, in 401ks, under Bidenomics. So you go ahead and you try to tell me how great Bidenomics is. And then you have 
a couple little couple little trailers here. I'm gonna I'm gonna dump off and then we're gonna we're gonna sign off for the day. The Mayo Clinic. Mm. Hydroxychloroquine. Remember the one that they said that they wouldn't allow you to use it. They wouldn't allow people to prescribe it. In fact, people got banned from Facebook. They got banned from Twitter for even talking about it. They wouldn't let doctors on YouTube. People lost their channels for even talking, even suggesting the hydroxychloroquine might be a treatment for COVID. But now that the pharmaceuticals have made their billions, now that everybody has been vaccinated and they're getting more and more, mm, look what happened. Hydroxychloroquine is used to treat malaria. True. It's also used to prevent malaria infection in regions where it is known that the medications may not work. Hydroxychloroquine may also be used to treat coronavirus COVID-19 in certain hospitalized patients. Now, they still maintained a little bit of an out there with certain hospitalized patients. I don't think you should have to be hospitalized to use HCQ. I think that ivermectin and HCQ are good things. I think vitamin D is is a, is a wonder. People need to not look, you know, everybody needs the D. All right? I don't care if you're man or woman, y'all need the D. You know what I'm talking about. Not that D, man. Get get your mind out of the gutter. Good grief. All right, one more thing here. The Department of Education, the leader of the Department of Education, I had a lot of stuff I'm cutting out here because the show ran a little long, but that's what happens, man. That happens sometimes. Check this out. This, now, I got to qualify this with the guy's a dipshit. Having said that, here you go. There was civility. We could disagree. We could have healthy conversations um, around what's best for kids. I respect differences of opinion. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for kids. He's addressing parents who come to school board meetings and express concerns in a vocal manner. This is who he's talking about. He doesn't have respect for people, i.e. parents, who think they know what's best for kids. And this, you know, I started to see this back when, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there. My, my youngest is 27 years old. So it's been a while since my kids were in grade school. But I remember when my kids were in grade school, I remember one time went in for a teacher, a parent-teacher conference. And I tried to express concerns about the way and what they were teaching one of my kids. And the teacher immediately shut down. And not only that, not only did she shut down, then she lashed back out at me. Well, I'm a professional educator. And I've been trained how to teach your kids. She completely, completely dismissed what I had to say. Completely, completely blew me off. That was a while ago. That was probably 20 years ago. And here we are today with the, with the National Education Chairman. By the way, the NEA needs to, national, or, yeah, needs to go away. It needs to be d- dismantled, demolished, extinguished, gone forever. Jimmy Carter, man, you are the shittiest president ever and the shittiest legacy you left was the Department of Education. Anyway, we're going to close it up here. Uh, as I said, these things, 
And, and I, I would include that in it. You know, the, the, the way we filled positions with these commie, extreme commie Democrats and their, their useless ways, that this is by design. It's chaos by design. That's the name of today's episode is chaos by design. Is that they're doing this on purpose. They're doing it in a concerted effort to make the American people so to disrupt the society, disrupt culture, disrupt the norm so much that a majority of Americans will desire stability to the point where they would be willing to let go some of their freedoms and liberties in order to have stability. Because you have politicians with a thirst for power that can't be quenched unless they can become dictators. But they can only do that if the people allow it. The way they get the people to allow it is to make them hopeless, to sow chaos to the point where the citizenry demands stability even if that means dictatorship. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. This has been the Nen Report. If you're just listening on the radio or the podcast, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the Nen Report. You can see all the clips and everything cool that I put up, including my cool studio here with my guitars and my great t-shirts that I wear all the time. Anyway, I'm on all the socials at the Nen Report, except for TikTok, so I don't do that comedy BS. And on Twitter, because I had to start a new account, which is just at Nen Report, and you can catch me there. Or just go to my... Go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can link into everything. Anyway, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.